I'm almost certain I've told this story before, though frankly, the concept of story doesn't really you know, connect with this or it's not even apocryphal story. It's almost, it's probably more parable than anything else. Uh, and that is the guy's walking down the street at night. He looks over and he sees his friend uh, under the street light on his hands and knees. And he says to his friend, you know, hey, what are you doing? And the friend says, I'm looking for my car keys. I lost them. He goes, oh, you lost them here? He goes, no, I lost them over in the dark, but the light's much better here, right? That's, I'm, I'm almost, almost positive I told some version of that story on this podcast before, but at 117 previous episodes, hey, 118, um, <laughs> I don't, and I'm, I'm mostly goldfish at this point. My brain is just like, hey, look, a castle. Hey, look, a castle. Um, I just want to bring it up because we were going to talk about control because what happened in that story among all the other pieces of that story and then what's magical about stories you can do that a bunch of you can use it for a lot of different reasons uh but what i like about this story is that why did this person choose to sit and you know get on their hands and knees below the streetlight because they were less focused on outcomes and more focused on feeling like they controlled the process that they had some control they were less focused on actually finding their car keys and more focused on making a choice that allowed them to feel like they were doing something towards their goal not outcomes but feelings and that was the control that was the choice they made we're going to talk a lot about control because as employer brand recruitment marketing people to be blunt we don't have a lot of that whole control thing and yet somehow we still have to do our job so that's what we're going to talk about we'll be right back welcome to the talent cast the world's most caffeinated employer brand and recruiting podcast i'm your host james ellis thanks so much for listening if this is your first time for joining in we do things a little differently. We try and do deep dives. There's not a lot of interviews here. There's not a lot of news here. This is about how do we get smarter and better? And that means how do I get you smarter and better? How do I get you to think about these problems at a deeper level so that you can solve them and look like a genius to your boss? If this isn't the first time you've been here, thanks so much for returning. Feel free to share with your friends, your coworkers, your boss. I don't know. Uh, we really do appreciate that. All right, let's get into it. Hey, how you doing? James Ellis, blah, 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 thetalentcast.com, blah, 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 employerbrand.consulting, blah, 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 jamesellis.us, blah, 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 Twitter at the war for talent. Hey, how you doing? Busy, 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 busy month. Just got back from MRA in Waukesha, Sherm Talent in Nashville. In a week and a half, I'll be in San Diego for ERE. After that, I got a thing in Chicago for Yellow, and the hits just keep on coming. So it's a very, very busy time for me, and I've seen a lot of you, and thank you so much for saying hello. And for those of you who see me at these events, by the way, I have stickers, and I want to give them to you, but I'm not just going to hand them away. you got to tell me you like the podcast or that you've ever heard of it. <laughs> you get a sticker. Um, so yeah, so come say hello and blah, blah, blah. Anywho, let's talk about control. Here's the trick, and I, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You don't have a lot of control. But in this day and age, who does? I mean, even CEOs don't have a lot of control. They have influence, they have direction, they have impact potentially, but control, not so much. Can they fire people? Sure. Does firing people get them what they want? Eh, maybe not. Control is elusive. Control may in fact even be an illusion. It may, there may be no such thing as control. As a, as a possessor of a four-year-old girl, <laughs> the object lessons on how little control I have in life are numerous. They are unending. They are a humbling and perpetual nightmare of being kicked in the ego to say, James, yes, you have no control in any of this. Uh, and that's maybe where I'm starting, but that's okay. Um, let's talk about control. 
Let's talk about what control really means. Now, it used to be a very, very long time ago that the boss was in control. The boss could say, we should all wear purple. And the next day, everybody would show up to work wearing purple. It's a horrible example, but it's true. People would say, okay, the boss said to do the thing. We do the thing. People were not expected to bring their own thoughts and brains. Tom Peters used to say, we spend a lot of money uh, finding and tracking and retain and, and hiring these people and then you know some of the smartest people in the world then we ask them to say you know we ask them to show up to work and then leave their brains at the door and that's unfortunate and to be fair that was very true back when Tom said it in the 80s it's still true in a lot of places how many times have I seen that LinkedIn thing that says you know it's crazy to hire smart people and then tell them what to do right the Steve Jobs quote which I'm clearly butchering but I see it at least every week and to me, that feels like a, a cry for help. Please stop telling me what to do. Let me do my job. I get it. I feel bad for you. Maybe posting on LinkedIn is not going to get you where you want to go with that. It just feels weird, weird and passive aggressive, but maybe that's just me. You want control because you feel like control. We've all been taught. We've all watched the shows. We've all learned the lessons that control is how you make change happen. I want to make that change happen. I want to go do that thing. You go do that thing. I have control over that thing. The trick is in what we do, it's not up to us. Right? Let's say you own the employer brand or the EVP or whatever, however you want to frame it. I don't care. You have ownership of it. That doesn't mean you have control over it. Look at a job posting. You want to say, look, I want to have control over this. I know that if I have better job postings, my outputs, our outcomes, the impact I have on the company will be far better Right? if I have a great job posting. What do you have control over? Well, you can actually write a job posting, right? You can go to your computer, you control that, and you put your hands on that keyboard, you control that. You can make the words go from your brain to that screen, you control that. Presuming the computer doesn't reboot halfway through, you're not in control of that, um, you can write a job posting. And it could be amazing. It might be. I mean, it's very possible. Frankly, the bar is set so low that even if you don't do a great one, it's still going to read as much, much better as, than what you're already using. It is an already there as a tool to create impact and value for the work you're trying to do. This will help elevate and expand the employer brand. You know that. Except, what if no one uses it? One of you handed it to HR and recruiting and they say, yeah, okay, employer brand person, cool beans, uh, thanks, we got to go, our cat's on fire, and they run away and they never use it. They stick it in a drawer and they go, you know what, I don't believe that, I think that job posting is horrible, I think what we're using is fine, you know, it's easier if I just stick to what I already know instead of having to spend 15 minutes learning something new, I'm really so busy, I'm not going to bother with this, I'm going to keep doing what works, because it's worked already in the past once a very long time ago, but I'm, it's, I'm just going to keep doing that. You have no control over those recruiters. Can you demand that they use those job postings? <laughs> if you can, please find me. Tell me more stories. I love good fiction. Um, there's no way. There's no way you can tell recruiters what to do. Recruiting leaders even lament the fact that they can barely tell recruiters what to do. Uh, recruiters, for whatever reason, I, I mentioned this before, they have this deep-seated feeling of, until you've been a recruiter, you can't tell me what to do. I've seen it with my own eyes where they told a VP of recruiting that until the VP of recruiting owned a rack and went from soup to nuts the entire way through it, kind of don't care what the VP has to say. This is the VP who could literally fire them all with, a, with barely a stroke of a pen, a stick, maybe a keystroke. Maybe that's all it would take. You say, you're all fired, get out. She had control. 
And yet recruiters said, I'm not going to do Jack until you do this thing, until you prove to me you get what my life is about. And then we can come to, come to the table as peers, to which I laughed and went, peers? You think so? That's cute. Uh, she's a VP. You are not that. Um, in terms of she had more power than you do, but they had that sense of until you've done my job, you can't tell me what to do. So in fact, who had the power, who had the control? The recruiters did. Now think of little old you, who's probably not a VP, and you're telling a recruiter what to do. Yeah, best of luck. But you know, you know, because you're a smart and talented employer brand type person, that if they just use the job postings that you handed to them on a platter, go buy a platter, do it too, just to show exactly how much work you've done. You bring it to them on a platter and say, this actually makes your life better. You will actually almost certainly attract more and better talent using this kind of job posting. They can still say no. You can't force them. You can't. You have no control. Take social media. Take hashtags. You would love it if your employees use your hashtags and didn't edit them or change them or even remembered to use them when they were talking about the company, when they were sharing the picture of the picnic or sharing a picture of the celebrity endorser walking the halls for the first time. You would love it if they used your hashtag. Can you control that? <laughs> no, not even a little. You can't control that. What can you control? Can you control your ATS? Uh, no, <laughs> you can't. Un unless you're in some sort of magical world where HRIS reports to you, and even then you have control over budgets, no, you cannot change the ATS. Can you change some of the content on the ATS? Sometimes. Maybe you have a little direct control over some of that stuff, but maybe you have to ask HRIS to do it for you. Maybe you have to write it up, hand it to them, get approvals, and wait for them to get around to doing it. You don't have any control. Stop lying to yourself. You have no control. Now, I bring this up not to make you feel bad about your job because I think you do an amazing job, and I think our jobs are insanely useful, insanely important, insanely powerful at driving business growth, at driving business outcomes. The problem is, because this kind of job is relatively new, we assume that the rules that apply to everybody else apply to us. That as a recruiter, they get to, you know, recruiters in the same way they can say, until you walk a mile in my shoes, you can't tell me what to do. Salespeople, you can't tell salespeople what to do. They have their own little world, their own little bubble. They have a very simple metric called sales and anything that drives it towards them, they're willing to do. They can take, they can almost do anything they want so long as they hit those numbers. In fact, they can do any crazy ass thing to hit those numbers and they're actually rewarded for it. They have real control over some of their spaces. We don't, we really don't because we're not in the control game. We're in a very different game. We'll talk about that in a second. But we want to be in a control game. And I'm here to tell you, just maybe the smart move is to stop focusing on control. Maybe the smart move is to say, since I don't control recruiters and employees and my hiring managers and the business partners or HR or legal or whomever, certainly I don't control people outside the company. Since I don't have any control over anyone, I should stop doing the things that I control simply because I control them. So far, so good? Fantastic. But if you can't get enough of this stuff, I have some news. You can bring the James Ellis experience to your event or company. Just go to jamesellis.us and learn about all the kinds of custom presentations I can build and deliver for you or your team. But if it's time to get some hands-on help with your employer branding, recruiting, and hiring, either from the ground up or some strategic support, I would love to help. 
Just reach out to Proactive Talent or ProactiveTalent.com. That's where I work and we can help you hire better. Cool? Cool. All right, let's get back to it. There's, a, there's an urge, and I know it because I feel it too, to say, what do I control? I'm going to go work on that. Because by working on the thing you might control, you feel like you've done something. So when I started my last day job, um, there was really nothing there. There was no infrastructure there. And, you know, I don't want to spend a week doing nothing and talking, me- taking meetings and just kind of twiddling my thumbs and hoping I can make an impact and waiting for someone to turn around and go, why the heck is this guy showing up to meetings? He hasn't done anything. And then I get fired. At least that's in my head. I mean, I know rashly that wasn't going to happen. Everybody knew it would take weeks and weeks, if not months and months, for anything I did to make an impact at all. So I knew that the clock wasn't ticking as loud in their brains as it was in mine, but it still was ticking. And I just like, well, how do I get moving? How do I get the ball rolling? How do I help? And I had to focus on, because I didn't have any relationships, because I didn't have any influence, because I didn't have any connections, because I didn't have any, I hardly had the lay of the land. I didn't even understand the org charts I was there for six or eight months. It's a complicated company. But I still want to make an impact, so I focused on the things I control. If I didn't have to ask people to do things, I could just do things. Now, the danger there is that you build and work on things that you control because you have control. In the same way that you choose to work under the, to look for your keys under the streetlight ex- instead of where the keys actually are because it's a good spot to do it, because it's comfortable, because you can control it. You're not having to go out of your comfort zone. You're not having to ask for help. You're not having to ask for partnership. You're not having to ask for influence or connection or relationship with anybody. You can just control it, so you just do it. So you do it. That's what I did. Now, I'm cognizant of the fact that I want to do good work, and I want to do, make an impact, and I want to do it well, but also at the same time I know that most of my impact is going to come in 6 and 12 months. So I tried to pick projects that I can control, feeling really good. It's got that, that endorphin rush of I've, I've completed something, I've done something right. Ser- no, that's not endorphin, it's serotonin, right? It feels good. In the same way that when you get feedback on Facebook, you're like, oh, cool, someone talked to me on Facebook, I should talk to them. You get that hit of serotonin. You get that hit of completion. You're like, oh, I finished a project, I launched it. I built a Twitter channel. Nobody's following it, but whatever, I built it. I accomplished it. I launched it. Check the box. Feel good, right? I get that, right? I really get that. You are my people. You get that. I get that. We get that. But you have to be cognizant of the fact that you are very easily duped into picking projects that you control, particularly and only because you control them, not because you can see how eventually they might lead to impact. So what can you do? Think of it like going to a gym. You can't lift that 400-pound weight or 200-pound weight So you have to stand here picking up the 20-pound weight because 20 pounds is achievable. You can control that. You choose what weight you pick. And because it's 20 pounds, it's liftable and you can do the work. Knowing that if you do the 20 pounds enough, you can get to 40 pounds, get you to 60 pounds, get you to eventually 200 pounds down the road, that's a good valid strategy. If you focus on the 20 pounds and how many times can you pick up the 20 pounds, I can pick it up 427 times. Does that get you closer to the 200-pound weight? I don't know that it does. I think it just gets you good at lifting a 20-pound weight. So you have to pick the stuff that you do control that you know will eventually lead to stuff that you don't control, that helps you build relationships, helps you build influence, helps you build your credibility and reputation within the organization, that lets you say, so that when you do eventually say, we should pick up that big weight and we should all pick it up together, people show up to the meeting and they listen to you and they give you a chance to pitch them 
it's not so much that picking up the 200-pound weight is scary or weird. It's just that why would they help you? They don't know you. What's in it for them? So until you've done the work of building a relationship, building the credibility, they won't show up for the meeting, let alone, let alone listen to your pitch. So your work as an employer brand isn't to work on the things you control, but to work on the things, some of which you control, that will get you to the place where you can actually create the thing you need to create, and that is influence. You want the recruiters to use your job posting? You have to influence them. You want people to use your hashtag? You have to influence them. You want HR to, HRS to look at your projects and take them seriously and move them up to the top of queue so they get done in a timely manner? Donuts and, and, and influence, but donuts. Donuts always work. I mean, donuts are a nice little shortcut to some of this stuff. Not real influence, but it at least gets people in the, in the room. So let's stop focusing on control because control isn't something you can realistically expect to have. And frankly, the more you focus on what you control, what you're saying is, I'm not interested in making an impact. I'm interested in feeling like I've done something. I'm interested in the effort, not the result. And you're going to have a real problem keeping your job for too long with that, way, that kind of attitude. You need to exercise your control to build influence, not because for the sake of using control, because it feels good, because it feels comfortable, because you can actually spin your wheels doing it and you look like you're getting really tired doing it. But if there's no outcome, if it's not driving towards influence and credibility and authority and understanding and education, all that good stuff, inspiration even, control is not where your focus needs to be. Again, if you're starting a job, if you're very new in this space, you use control because that's all you got because what you control is very, very small. So you have to be smart about what can I build, what can I work on that leverages what tiny little bit of control I have to lead me to a place where I can take that control and convert into leverage or influence among of a slightly bigger audience. Not everyone, but a slightly bigger audience. Maybe technical recruiting, maybe corporate recruiting, maybe three hiring managers with whom you've had coffee and you built some sort of sense of rapport and you'd like to get their buy-in on something. Start small. Influence them. Show how you can help them. Talk about what the value is. Talk about how you'd like to bring in more resources from other places, things you don't control, but things you think you can influence. In fact, you can even play a very political game, and Game of Thrones is starting, I think, this week, so I got politics in the brain. This idea that if you're trying, oh, here's a good one. You've heard, have you seen that joke about the dad who says, um, I'm going to tell you who to marry, and I'm going to show you this amazing trick. And he goes to, uh, I wanna, I'm going to butcher this joke. Oh, I can already see that I'm butchering it. Goes to the UN and says, you need to make my son uh, general, uh, um, general administrator, whatever, the, the, the president of the UN, the head of the UN. They go, why? He goes, well, because he's Bill Gates's son-in-law. He goes, oh. And then that, the, the dad goes to Bill Gates and says, I want my son to marry your daughter. He goes, why? He goes, well, because he's going to be the general ambassador. He goes, he's going to be the UN general ambassador. You don't have any leverage, but what you've done is you've actually tied the leverage and influence of other people, and you've been a broker for that influence and leverage of, of people you don't control. You don't control the UN. You don't control Bill Gates. But because you can put yourself in a position where you're offering something that each wants, you're creating influence. And because of that influence, because you have your smart political sense of, I understand what this hiring manager wants, and I understand what that hiring manager wants, I can give them what they both want that gives me what I want, together. That's where your head needs to be. 
And that's weird because that's not how recruiters think and that's not always how marketers think. That's a very different level of thought to get good work done, right? If I want a hiring manager to, let's say I have no control of my budget but I have a good idea. Let's say I want to introduce a social recruiting tool that's inexpensive but simply is because it has a dollar tag, a dollar sign on it whatsoever, I can't afford to buy it. I can actually influence the hiring manager to say, look, you have a little wiggle room in your budget. My ask is very small, but what I'm going to say is if you buy this for me, I will use it for you and I will help you achieve your goals of better, smarter, more talented talent coming into the pool that you get to hire so that you can make more sales. But while I'm using it for you, I'm also going to be using it for some other people. But you got to be cool with that. That's a conversation you can have. That's a function of influence. You don't control that. In fact, there's almost there's exactly nothing in that project you control. You don't control the hiring manager showing up to that meeting. You don't control the hiring manager giving you any budget. You don't have any control of the hiring manager not saying, hey, I'm going to buy that tool, but I'm going to buy it for myself, and you can't use it. You don't have any control over that. But by building relationships, by building influence, you can start to leverage these pockets of power and control and influence and budget and really start to string together something useful. That's really more about the job. And when we talk about employer brand, we're so busy talking about tactics and should we make a video and should we be on Glassdoor and should we buy the content and should we do this and how do what tool is good for referral projects and all that stuff. We're very tactically focused. I've noticed that at Talent Brand uh, Summit the other week. In any almost any given conversation, the, 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 the gravity drives everybody to tactics because tactics are knowable. Everybody knows what Glassdoor is. Everybody knows what social media is. Everybody knows what referral projects are. Everybody knows what video is. But it's very hard to know the strategy. It's very hard to know the levels of control. It's very hard to know the levels of influence. It's very hard to know the political landscape around inside of which you are trying to make an impact. And so when two employer, brands, employer brand folks get together, we talk tactics. There's a joke amongst drummers, of which I number myself one, um, that says there's a, you, you, know, you die and you go to heaven. And the angel says, this is a hallway. And we know that the secret to happiness is finding people with whom you have uh, likes and rapport and you have similar tastes and frankly you have a similar level of intelligence. So what we've done is we've ordered all of heaven into a series of rooms, 200 rooms. And the first room is the smart piece of people room. This is the, the smartest of the smart. There's not many people here. Think of it as 200 IQ and above. And, the, and, and this is where Einstein's hanging out with Elon Musk, is hanging out with Steve Jobs, and they're all talking about all sorts of crazy ass shit. The next room is for people with slightly less intelligence, and the room after that for slightly less, and the room after slightly less. And the farther you go down, the less smart these people are. And you need to go walk down this hall, and you get to the point where you go, yeah, this sounds like my kind of conversation. You walk in that door, and the person who's dead's curious, goes, okay, well, let's go. I, I get Einstein hanging out with you know, Steve Jobs or whatever. Uh, what does the dumbest room sound like? He walks down the hall and you walk down the hall and you walk down the hall and all you hear is, so uh, what kind of sticks do you use? Drummers. It's a drummer joke. And that is to say, how do two drummers talk? You don't talk about 
well, I like to count to four. Or, you know what, when my bassist gets all crazy and out of line, I like to really hit the bass drum real hard to kind of kick them back into line so that they know that they're falling off the path. Those conversations are very hard to have because it presumes understanding the nature not of the drums, which you control, but of the band, which you do not. The internal politics, the personal feelings that the drummer, I'm sorry, that the bassist may have for the keyboardist may have for the lead singer. God help you having to deal with a lead guitarist or the horn section or whatever. I don't know. You like music you like. That's the joke because you don't have control. So when you don't have control, you end up talking about the lowest common denominator, which unfortunately is tactics. Do you like this tactic or do you like that tactic? Why? Cool. Excellent. Next conversation. I would like us to start elevating our conversations a bit more beyond the tactics. At this point, even though tactics are kind of fast and furious and having just been at Sherm Talent, I saw all these different booths of all these different people who have all these different companies who are offering all these different tactics, and they're all pretty cool. Sure, great. But if you don't know what strategy you're trying to achieve or how to achieve the strategy, the tactic doesn't help. It really doesn't. You have just as many paints as Van Gogh. Are you making Starry Night? No, you have all the tactics, you have the brushes, you have the paint, you have the mixer. Heck, go to south of France. Go nuts. Go out there, go out amongst the crows and the corn and stare at stuff until you see and paint like Van Gogh. You'll be there a while because the tactics don't drive. The tactics are the executional means of getting something done, but until you know what you're trying to do and how to do it, the tactics almost don't matter. I have the paint and the brushes. I am not Van Gogh. Even if I'm trying to copy Van Gogh, I can't be Van Gogh. I will never be as good as that because it's not about the tactics. It's about understanding, looking beyond that which we control. And that means a level of, dare I say, bravery. Willingness to push a boundary. Willingness to step out of your comfort zone to say, I'm going to have a conversation with someone I don't control. And someone who has every opportunity to say, no, and walk out of the room and just laugh at me. I can do, I mean, I have to be willing to get into that room. I have to be willing to make my pitch. I have to be willing to take a no right in the face and stand there and smile and say, okay, what did they say no about? It wasn't the project where some other reason they said no. How do I adjust my pitch to fit their concerns? That's our job right? That's where success lies. It's not in, a, in elevating a glass door score. Frankly, if it is, how you elevate a glass door score is a function of influence. How do you get all these people who, for whom, with whom you do not have any control over to leave good reviews, to say nice things, and not just say random nice things, but to say the kind of nice things that paints a picture that you are trying to shape. Our job is not about control. But when we're nervous, when we're antsy, when we're uncomfortable, we all, all of us, we move to the space in which we feel like we have some sense of control. And that's a sucker's bet. That is looking for the car keys under the streetlight. You need to get in the dark where it's a little scary, a little risky, a little nervous, but that's where the real impact happens because your keys are actually out there, not under the streetlight. All right. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, leave a review. I got a lot of stars. I don't get a lot of reviews. So leave a review. I would love that. Love, love, love that. And feel free to share. Um, <laughs> someone once said, is it possible you're t talking to every single employer brand person? I said, I don't know, actually know how many employer brand professionals there are in this world. So it's possible I'm talking to all 1,500 of them. I mean, I know how many people I'm talking to. I just don't know 
<laughs> if there are any other employer brand people who don't know that this thing exists, uh, I think they might like it. Anyway, feel free to share. Feel free to drop a review. I will talk to you next week. As always, you can find me on the internet. Find me. Say hello. Um, or you can see me at ERE or see me in any number of places. Would love that. Talk to you next week. Bye. Well, the music means you've made it to the end of another episode of the Talent Cast. If this was useful to you, do not keep it a secret. Share it with your team. Share it with your boss. Share it with your networks. I don't know. Share it with your mom. Uh, if you have questions you'd like me to answer on a future show or just, you know, general ideas about how to make this thing better, just ping me on Twitter. You know, I'm at the War for Talent. At the War for Talent. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you, and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.